Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity in Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Wonderful to be back with you. I've been off of this podcast pretty much since, I believe, June or July or so. Uh, thank you, Pastor Radical, for stepping in in my absence. And we hope to get some exciting new things going for you in the new year. Uh, today is January 5th, 2022, and we are blessed to be studying God's Word with you today. Tomorrow is January 6th, which has gotten a lot of attention over the past year, but on January 6th, the Holy Christian Church on Earth celebrates the Festival of Epiphany. Epiphany means appearing or enlightening. It's the idea of, and the main focus of this festival, the church year, is the Gentile Christmas. It's when we think of the wise men who traveled all those many, many miles in order to visit the young toddler Jesus. You know, that's one of those things that always gets mixed up, even on the nativity scene on our altar here at Emmanuel Lutheran Church, we see the wise men standing there beside the manger of Jesus. But actually, the wise men first saw that star on that Christmas day, and many months, likely even up to two years later, they finally appeared there in Bethlehem looking for the Savior, looking for Jesus. And so on Epiphany, we celebrate the good news of Jesus Christ, not just come to the nation of the Jews, but come to all people. That's why it's known as often as the Gentile Christmas. This idea that the Savior of the world would come not just for the Jews, but for all people, traces its way all the way back, really, to the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve, who were not Jews, but were the four parents of the entire human race, uh, were told by God that from the seed of the woman would come one who would crush the head of the serpent. However, in Genesis chapter 12, now let's think in our minds, this is past the flood. This is uh, past the Tower of Babel. This is when God first speaks to Abraham. And this is when God narrows in his attention upon the nation of Israel for the rest of what we're going to see as Old Testament history from Genesis 12 all the way through Malachi and to the birth of Jesus Christ. The nation of Israel, the Israelites, the children of Israel are God's chosen people because they're going to fulfill their purpose as the vessels who would bring forth the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. And it all begins here in Genesis 12 when God calls Abram. Now, Abram would, of course, later become Abraham. But here we see the 75-year-old Abram who hadn't got out of his parents' house yet. And here in Genesis chapter 12, with three verses, the Lord gives him a command and he gives him a promise. So we read here uh, from Genesis 12. And I also like to make mention, this is our reading today for our Read the Bible in 2022 uh, reading. If you uh, are following along with that, you'll have already read these today or you will read them later on. We read, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. With this promise, the Lord God transmits that promise first given to Adam and Eve, that from their seed would come one who would crush out of the serpent, and now narrows it down to the family of Abraham, saying that it's from the family of Abraham that this promise is going to be fulfilled. 
And so God tells him to go to the promised land, to go to Canaan. And of course, Abram didn't know where he was going, where the Lord was going to lead him, but he just sent him on his way down there. And God made, gave him these promises. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'll bless you. Your name will be great. You'll be a blessing. And, and all that's wonderful for Abraham. But Abraham lived close to 4,000 years ago. So what about you and me today? What does this have to do with us? And well, at the very end of verse 3, it tells us, God says to Abram, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And this is what Epiphany is all about. It's not just the fact that the family of Abram would be blessed, even though God had made that promise. You'll be a great nation, he'll bless you, you'll make your name great, you'll be a blessing. But in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So how has your family, how has your family, whether you think of your parents or your children or your siblings, how have you been blessed by Abram? Well, if you're like me, you're not of a Jewish descendant. If you're like me, you haven't inherited any money or any blessings or anything from my ancestry to Abraham. But the way I am blessed through Abraham is that through Abraham and through his seed came the Savior of the world. Through the, the Abraham's great, 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 many, many times grandson was Jesus Christ. The one who came to take away the sins of the world. And you have been blessed through Jesus Christ because you believe in him for salvation. And so now through Abraham and through his seed, you have been blessed. That's what Epiphany is all about. The Gentile Christmas. Remembering that Jesus came, the great, great, great grandson of, of Abraham came in order to take away your sins. And you have been richly blessed by that. So we thank God that... He sent Jesus, his son, in order to rescue and redeem us from sin. We remember that at the Gentile Christmas, when we think of the wise men going and giving those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And we remember it even as we go all the way back to Abraham. And remember this promise that is not just for some, but this promise that in you, all the families, all the families, everyone who has ever lived, shall be blessed. And we have been blessed through the person of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming as a little baby. Thank you for uh, reminding us of why you came this Christmas. And as we consider the Gentile Christmas tomorrow, January 6th, remind us of your great love for us, shown both through your life and also through the lives of all those ancestors who came before you, who looked forward to you and your coming, knowing that you would rescue them from their sin as well. Thank you for rescuing us from our sin. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would bless our study of your word both today and throughout earthly lives. In your name, amen. Okay, just a couple weekly updates and reminders. Uh, again, make sure you take time to think about Epiphany tomorrow. Uh, that'd be Thursday, January 6th. This weekend, our Sunday School and Bible class resumes. Uh, that'll be January 8th and 9th. Uh, we'll be uh, continuing to consider our theme, Why Membership Matters for Bible Class. Uh, we have two more lessons with that, and our Sunday School picks up with the story of Jonah. So hope you can join us for that either Saturday evening or Sunday morning at 7 o'clock after church on Saturday and 9 o'clock uh, before church on Sunday morning. Uh, tonight, our online Bible class continues. We've been on break there uh, uh, through Advent, and now uh, uh, we'll be picking up again this evening. Uh, we're on the in the Gospel of Mark chapter 9, so hope you can join us. For that, we're also planning on recording the studies to share with members who may not be able to attend but are interested in uh, uh, studying what's going on in the Gospel of Mark as well. Uh, as far as our prayer list, nothing uh, major new. We continue to give thanks to the Lord for the healing hand he's given to Edna Schmidt and Sue Heise, both of whom are healing. 
uh, from different ailments. Uh, also thank God for the recovery for Chris Nelson, uh, who underwent knee surgery. So we thank God for these things. But nothing new uh, on the prayer list other than those things. Which uh, brings us to our doctrine of the day. I just want to kind of cover one that I think uh, uh, touches with both Epiphany and also what we call the the naming day of Jesus or the day of circumcision of Jesus, which uh, took place on on New Year's. Um, a lot of people don't really uh, don't draw the line with that, but actually, with Christmas Day being one week seven days before uh, before the New Year, if you count that in Jewish days, that's actually eight days before New Year's Day. And so New Year's Day was Jesus' naming day or the day of his circumcision when he went to the temple and he ran into, of course, Simeon and Anna. And there he was circumcised and given the name Jesus. And of course, the name Jesus means Jehovah saves. We've spoken about that uh, the last few weeks in our sermons, Jehovah saves. And that's what such an appropriate name for Jesus because that's what he did for us. He saved us. He is the actor uh, who, who carried out the salvation that God wanted him to through his perfect life and his innocent death. And it's that, that, first, uh, that first aspect of his salvation that I just mentioned there, his perfect life. We say that all the time, Jesus' perfect life. But what, what does that really mean for us? What does that mean as far as his life and what he did for us? Well, it, me- it meant that he had to be perfect in every way. And of course, we think about that in terms of, well, that means he didn't disobey his parents, fourth commandment. That means he didn't have any anger or he didn't murder anybody, fifth commandment. He didn't have any lustful thoughts or didn't commit adultery, sixth commandment. He didn't steal anything or wasn't jealous, seventh commandment. And and of course, that's true. But in addition to just the keeping of the commandments, there's also the fact that he needed to submit himself to the law. A very familiar Bible verse from Galatians 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. You know, when the word law there is used, it's not just referring to the moral law, the Ten Commandments, but it's it's all the laws of nature as well. You know, Jesus uh, submitted himself and became a human being. He, Philippians 2 says, he took on the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men. Um, he lived as you and I live, fully and completely, uh, which means he wasn't doing miracles to help himself along the way. He didn't snap his fingers to make his bed or do the dishes when his mom told him to do the dishes. He didn't sweep out the sweep out the kitchen uh, using his, 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 ability, his full abilities as God. Rather, he lived as any other human being. He had to go down to the well to get water. He had to uh, uh, cook and bake and, and likely kill animals in order to have meat and food. You know, Jesus had to do all these things. He was under the law, just like us. And this is an important aspect of his perfect life. His active obedience is another way that we refer to it. His, his actively living every day under the law, just like us, so that he could be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Uh, and that included from, from conception all the way to his death on the cross. He always needed to do the right, to do the right thing and always needed to avoid doing the wrong thing, uh, including uh, his circumcision and his naming. You know, the circumcision was a law that God had given to the Jewish people in the Old Testament that they were to be uh, marked as his people in a way that was unique to them. And so Jesus uh, first shed his blood 
by being circumcised, by being under the law uh, on that new first New Year's Day of his life when uh, he went to the temple and ran into Simeon and Anna again. But that was the day that Jesus, the first time that Jesus shed his blood. And then many uh, hymn writers have uh, keyed into this idea that when Jesus was circumcised, it was the first of, of course, the 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 lot of a lot of blood that Jesus would offer for for us, and of course later on, of course on the cross, he died and shed his blood, and uh, from his hands and feet and side and from the crown of thorns, he bled for us, and the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sins. But going back to his circumcision, that was the first time that his blood was actually was shed. Uh, uh, the first time, not the most, obviously that came later, but the first time his blood was shed. And that was in keeping with the law, the law that God had given. He needed to be circumcised. Uh, and of course, we can think to Jesus' baptism, which uh, is something else we consider during the Epiphany season often, is you know when Jesus was baptized, a lot of people wonder, well, why was Jesus baptized? And and John said, I'm not worth, you know, I'm not worthy to baptize you. You should baptize me. And what did Jesus say? It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. He said it's something we have to do uh, because it is a fulfillment of righteousness, of the law. It's something that needs to happen. And that's very important that Jesus did it because we could not keep the law on our own. Romans 8 tells us what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. We are too weak. Our flesh is too weak to fulfill the law, to be saved through the keeping of the law. And so Romans goes on, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus needed to be in the flesh in order to, in order to be that perfect sacrifice. Um, and so think one more time again of those, those Old Testament sacrifices, the lambs that were slain on the Passover. Um, and, and all year long, those lambs could not be fresh born from the mother. You didn't just pull a, a, a brand new white shiny lamb from its mother and then sacrifice it. The lamb needed to be a year old. It needed to li- have lived, a, lived for a time before it was able to be an a, a acceptable sacrifice. And so with Jesus, it couldn't, Jesus couldn't just zap down from heaven, die on the cross, and then go back to heaven. No, God wanted him to come and to come in the likeness of sinful flesh, but of course without sin. So he came in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was tempted in every way just as we are. And this is his act of obedience. So that he, he kept each and every commandment. He kept the Old Testament law perfectly so that now we can be seen by God as having also kept that law perfectly and as now are now seen as righteous as Christ. And that's where 2 Corinthians 5 comes in. That he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Think of it like a pair of glasses. When, when God looks on you without his Jesus glasses on, he sees your sin and your wretchedness and your awfulness and all the times you've fallen short. But then he puts on the lenses of Jesus' righteousness. And they, they like rosy colored lenses. He, everything changes. He no longer sees all your sinfulness. Instead, he sees Jesus' righteousness. He doesn't see all the times you failed. He takes all the times that Jesus failed succeeded and, and gives them to you. He doesn't see all the times that you didn't do the things you were not supposed to, or you didn't do the things you were supposed to do. Rather, he credits you with all the times Jesus fed those who needed to be fed and clothed those who needed to be clothed and gave water to those who needed to be needed water and, and, and gave blessings to those who needed blessings and healed those who needed to be healed. All of Jesus' righteousness is now yours. And that's the beautiful part of Christ's act of obedience, which I think is something we need to Keep in mind, also during this epiphany season, as we remember 
Jesus' love for the Gentiles as well. So thanks be to God for that wonderful active obedience of Christ that he kept for us, again, from the manger to the cross. And because of that, we're going to heaven. And so the, the hymn I'd like to, to use today, we sang this last uh, last weekend, uh, hymn 115, and as we were singing it, this uh, it kind of occurred to me that maybe some of the people singing wouldn't, weren't thinking about what exactly it meant. And, and the, the title of the hymn is, O Blessed Day When First Was Poured, the blood of our redeeming Lord. And this isn't referring to the cross. This is referring to his circumcision. Uh, and that would have been on New Year's Day, eight Jewish days after his birth, uh, when uh, Jesus's blood was first shed uh, there. And Jesus's redeeming work continued from there all the way to when he shed his blood once and for all on the cross. So we'll sing, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, listen to him 115. O blessed day when first was poured the blood of our redeeming Lord, O blessed day when Christ began his saving work for sinful man. Again, he began his work on that, that day of circumcision. While from his mother's bosom fed, his precious blood he wills to shed. A foretaste of his death he feels, an earnest of his love reveals. And so the picture there is, you know, while he's nursing at his mother's breast, he wills his blood to shed because indeed no one takes the lifeblood of Christ without him allowing it. Even when he was a baby, uh, he could not be circumcised unless he would allowed them to circumcise him. And a foretaste of his death he feels. You know, the, the pain of that circumcision was just a small part of the, the pain that he would suffer later on. Verse 3. Scarce come to earth his father's will with prompt obedience to fulfill. A victim, even now he lies before the day of sacrifice. Verse 4. In love our guilt he undertakes. Sinless, for sin atonement makes. The great lawgiver for our aid, obedient to the law, is made. Verse 5, Lord, circumcise our heart, we pray, and take what is not thine away. Write thine own name upon our hearts, thy law within our inward parts. And verse 6, O Lord, the virgin born to thee, eternal praise and glory be, whom with the Father we adore, and Holy Ghost, forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information, please check us out at emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you. And may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.